This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Wait, hold on a minute, hold on. What are you doing? Idiot. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry for that brief interlude there from Joe, but that's staying in. I don't care what you say. Welcome to another edition of that Millwall podcast. This is episode 12 of the 22-23 season, and we have got a bumper episode for you. Lots of guests, loads of opinion, and uh, without further ado, I will welcome my partner in crime, the one and only Omar. Hello, fella. Hello, mate. It's been a while since the pair of us have been on together. Yes, mate. Yes, mate. I said that on the uh, on the show we did uh, on Sunday. So yeah, it's uh, it's good for for the original team to be back. Probably the listeners won't agree, but hey, fuck it. Who cares, eh? Um, to my right, uh, the one and only chats with chaps. How you doing, fella? You all right? Hello, mate. Yeah, good. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. You're getting some, right. you're getting some quite um, quite fame from that. People seem to really like that. It's going down well. If you're not checked it out, check out the YouTube channel and you can uh, listen to Chris give you an honest and uh, review of, of the games. Um, yes, it's, it's an honest it's an honest take. So, uh, yeah, have a look at that. You're good, yeah? Yes, mate. Yeah, thank you. Cue, cue the slate in now. You've got a few more people looking at it. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> no, that's it. That's it. And then it's down there, the football guru is Kai. Hello, mate. You're right. Yeah, not too bad. And then down there, this means pointless to you listening on the podcast. I was about to say this is great YouTube. for anyone listening to audio. So, yeah, <laughs> down this there, is fantastic. we've got the one and only Joe Zambo who gave us our fantastic intro. Yeah, sorry about that, uh, guys. But so, yeah, how are you all doing? You're right. All good. All good. Okay, right. Good. Question is, so far is obviously um, this is after the Burnley game. Um, and hats off to all of you who travelled up there and you made the journey, which was probably, to be fair, probably a good 10, 12-hour round trip there or thereabouts. So hats off to you guys for travelling for the shit show you saw up there. But, hey, it is what it is. So um, we'll start with you, uh, Omar. Um, your views on uh, on the Burnley game then. Oh, where to start? I mean... 
going to Burnley away and losing 2-0, not it's not what we didn't ex- not expect, so to speak. Like I probably expected us to get turned over yesterday. Um I, I don't know how to feel about it. I, I, in a weird way, obviously it's three defeats in a row. Only what two wins uh, all season so far this season, and we're conceding goals at an alarming rate. It's obviously you know there's loads of warning signs to be seen there. But I kind of came away from it yesterday, mixed emotions because there were some bright sparks in there that I've not seen before this season. With Fleming in particular, I thought maybe for me it was a bit of a bright spark. But ultimately, you can't get away from the fact that you know the team is short of confidence, short of goals, and doesn't look cohesive either so I, I don't know I've tried to clean out kind of that good the good moments but ultimately there's got to be something that's got to be shaken up before Saturday against Cardiff and Steve Morrison absolutely agree absolutely agree Chris your views of the Burnley game yeah um I, I covered majority of, of how I felt about the game last night but I think um to summarize I agree with Omar. Like, I, I don't actually think it was the worst performance in the world. Um, and I think Burnley are a very, very good team. And I think they're going to turn a lot of teams over. They're everything we're not, um, unfortunately, from an attacking standpoint. What I would say is it just shows you how momentum and perception can shift. Because I think if we'd have beaten Reading on Saturday, we'd have all come away from last night with a completely different view, which would have been, oh, you know, we ex- to Omar's point, you know, oh, we, we kind of expected that. We'd have 10 points on the table after seven games. Um, and I think we'd all be sitting here with a different view. So to me, it's the Reading game that's kind of put the dampers on things. But um, look, we've lost three away games to the top three. That's facts. Regardless of whether you rate the top three or think we should have got more out of them, those three games, they're, they're the top three at the moment. So um, we've had a difficult start. I think the next four games are going to be key to finding out what this team's all about. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Joe, go on in. Yeah, a bit like the others, really. I mean, you're kind of expecting a tough a tough game away at Burnley. I think we said on our last show, you know, what's our prediction? And we all kind of hope we might nick a, a 1-0 win or a 2-1 win or something. But I, I kind of said there that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised we lose 3-0. Um, obviously, it wasn't 3-0, but it could have been. Um, but... What was what a disappointment for me is yes, you can kind of see why Wright set us up very defensively. Again, with five at the back, tactics were very much like you know get behind the ball, make it difficult for them to break us down, try and catch you on the break. Well, to, to catch a team on the break, you need pace, and we had no pace, so we're kind of relying on set pieces. And then the trouble is when you're one nil down, you're then looking for a change, you change your formation, a change of tactics, anything. But it wasn't. It's was almost like carry on doing what you're doing. Um, and it was, it was only until late on when we made those substitutions um, and the formation changed when we were back four that we looked a bit more of a threat. We were getting forward, we were creating chances. Yes, we're a little bit more open at the back, but at that point, you've got to take those risks, haven't you? You're, 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 you're chasing the game, you know? But, you know, would it have been a different score had he started the back four and went for it? Who, who knows? You know, Burnley are, are a quality side. You can see, even with, with the youngsters coming off the bench um, and the other player that, uh, called Teller that, that played for her, he was, you know, fantastic, a great little player uh, from Southampton. And, um, yeah, it's just it's just a... And it's not a shock, is it? You know, coming out, coming out there and losing 2-0 the way we did. No, that's it. Kai? Um, no, no, we I... heard your views last night on, on, on your space, didn't we, no? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, go on, fella. I was going to say, I, I don't think... 
I mean, I, I agree with everyone else said. I think probably echo it. Um, first half, I sort of expected us to, I guess, set up that way. Um, try and keep it balanced because we have had a problem, obviously, with conceding early goals. And getting through to half-time again without conceding was is a good platform to build on for the second half. Against Norwich, you know, we, we let that go quite quickly. Against Burnley, we held out a little bit longer. Um, but, you know, just before they scored, Omar, Omar, Omar was there, so Omar and I. But we, we, we nearly scored, didn't we? We could have Cresswell hit the post and Zian Fleming had, had another strike. So, it's, it's fine margins, I guess. If that one goes in, maybe maybe it turns out a different way. But uh, I think both goals were too sloppy, really. Um, too really soft for my liking. But, you know, hopefully there's positive signs there. Zian Fleming looked good. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can build on that on Saturday. I Go thought on, the 15-minute right. spell between half-time and them scoring their goal was probably the best we played in open play this season. Yeah. I know that sounds really kind of an out-there thing to say. But there was times where, and this is I said the same thing after the Norwich game in the first half in particular, where... When you play against sides that are at home, the bigger sides, the Norwiches, the Burnleys, the Sheffield Uniteds, they leave a lot of space in the wide areas and in, in between in the midfield and defence. And Fleming was constantly picking up the ball in these sort of areas. And there was a time even I remember where Fleming's trying to play through Bradshaw, played it a bit short. And, you know, on the counter-attack, you can see dribs and drabs of positivity there. Um, it's just ultimately, though, you know, the underlying tone is we've lost three on the bounce and defensively we look so poor and so uh, so see. See, defensively, you say that, but I mean, the, the, the stats undefensively against Burnley weren't that bad. They, we, we pretty much, I mean, they're the stats against Burnley. What we got? Tell me, what's, what, what are we looking at? So you've got defensive actions, which are pretty much equal. We're just above. Most of them, I mean, goals conceded, obviously, we were we were low, but successful defensive action ball losses we we're fairly we're fairly there we 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 weren't embarrassing we're asking um, the team to do too much though ain't we ultimately like you know defensively maybe we're sitting too much back i don't know it's 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 a hard one to justify with stats because ultimately there's just little mishaps in the defense and then you know these players Burnley have got better players than us you know chris said this as well like they should beat us but it's you know it's We're not part of a fight what, the way we want to see. That's all. That, that is the no, crux the, of it. The bit as well is that you could see that the Burnley players were playing as a team. Every single one of them was playing for each other. They looked as if they were hungry. They looked as if they wanted this game more than we did. They looked uh, a solid unit. Um, as in, we don't necessarily look like a solid unit at the moment. We have had spells of it, but we don't... Um, we don't look that that great as a unit. But again, we have had quite a difficult running. I mean, we've had seven games, seven points. Um, are you surprised, really, considering that we played three of those top top teams? All the way as well. If you had, had Reading in that, Reading a fifth, and we had, we had them as well. So we played four of the top five in our first seven games. Yeah. I don't think that I don't think that shows where Reading will become the end of the season. I thought they were. Reading will be no. bottom. But form, be in the bottom five. Does, doesn't it? Form wise, the first seven games, yeah. you look at where we are in form, they're obviously teams that are in form at the moment. You look at yeah. Coventry down the bottom at the moment and, and teams like that that shouldn't really be down there. Uh us ourselves included. We we're, we're low down there as well. So you're right, it's not a reflection on how the season's gonna end, but it is a true reflection on how teams are playing currently. Oh this is this gone. It's the fixtures away from home, though, have been, you know, you couldn't wish for a worse fixture list away mm -hmm. from home. 
Um, I think ultimately where we've come unstuck though is like, you know, we've had this poor run of form, but if we got the win, like Chris said, again, on Saturday against Reading, we'd be looking differently about this. I think the key was to try and win some home games. We've done that. Yeah. Um, and I don't think, you know, the fixtures are starting to turn into September. I, I just think ultimately though, you know, we do need results, but also we need something for fans to get behind and see bright sparks in the team. And I think I saw enough yesterday to get excited about it, still, just. But I think we need a performance on Saturday just to send everyone home thinking, right, there's a team in here that we could be happy about, I think. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with that. So let's come on to that. In a, let's shelve that for a bit and we'll come on to that in a, in a while. Question what seems to be doing the rounds, and we've had it on our group, and it seems to be doing the rounds across Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is two parts to it to a degree. Is the back five and also the, the, the formation what he chooses are the players capable of playing that formation what he wants? I understand last year we could have done it quite well because we had to get out of jail cards with Burke and, you know, Jed, who shall not be named, you know. Um, but what, what's your what's your thoughts on that, Omer, on the formation in this back five continuous setup away from home? Um I'm I'm conscious Chris has got to go soon, so maybe we should put it over to him as well. But go, I think go, youth. go Chris, go on. You, go, you want to talk about the formation? Because <laughs> I know how you, I remember asking you a couple of weeks ago about the formation. You're like, doesn't matter yeah. what the formation is, it's all the same. <laughs> um, I think I think people get very hung up on formations. I said this a few weeks ago. Um, and I'm not necessarily buying that, that is the problem. Um I'm not saying I wouldn't change it, which I sort of put my team out that I'd play on on Saturday at home to Cardiff, where we have to go for it, in my opinion. Um, but I, I also think that people sometimes need to look beyond formations. There are players that have played in these formations successfully before. And yes, there are changes. But for me, I just think it's players are just bang out of form. You know, the, the amount of mistakes, and I've, I don't know if we've got the stats, Mickey. Apologies, I probably should have asked before. But have we got stats on individual errors? Because I, I, I guarantee you, if you was to look at Cooper, Murray Wallace, Danny Max, Scott Malone, I mean, I'm just picking on those four. But um, even Bart for the second goal yesterday, I'm sorry, you should do better. Uh, you should I don't have them handy, but I can get them um, um, and put them up on the, on the website. That's not an issue. Because um, for, for me, the... The fundamental is we've just got players that bang out of form and making mistakes. Um, I think that combined with the way we've set up, which just invites constant pressure, means obviously as a rule of thumb, if you've got more pressure on you, you're going to make more mistakes because you're defending a lot more. Um, yeah. And we don't have the pace or ball carriers to get out in transitions. I think someone mentioned it earlier. Uh, I think it was Omar you mentioned about the, um, the sort of that 15-minute period. And we did have chances. And that, that, that sort of Fleming... There was two instances I remember vividly. Uh, Fleming played the ball just behind Bradshaw. He gets that right. It could be one nil up. There was another point where Bradshaw put Fleming in, sort of, uh, they were playing a really high line and the keeper just come out and got it. I think that was the point maybe where the keeper had to go off. But these are fine margins. And it, it's just those moments that aren't clicking. Will they start to click? Who knows? Um, but I think... This is why I'm not saying I wouldn't change the formation, particularly at home. There is no reason why we shouldn't be playing 4-4-2 at home. Um, but I don't think that's the be-all and end-all, is, is we're, my view. We're setting ourselves short, I think, as well, because I do think, like, this is what I always bang the drum about. We, we, we're not 
the team's not coached into drills. You don't see a pattern of play. You don't see anything that goes. That's the mill side on the attack there, and like that's. And I think if we if these players were given the kind of license to play and play forward and play on the attack, like I think we could see these players step up. I think a player like Billy Mitchell, if he's nursed and coached and kind of put into positions where he's allowed to have the freedom of the pitch, I think these players can excel on our side. And the same with Fleming, the same with Fogelsammer. I think there's plenty of talent there. I mean. Joe, I mean, how do you feel about formation and obviously what I've just said there about, you know, coaching and stuff? I think we've spoke about it before, but it's like a broken record, it feels like for me at the minute. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I've kind of made my mind up now and fed up seeing the, you know, we all play the back five. I think if we had if we had the wing backs that can do the job for us in that system, then then it'll, it'll be fine because by playing a, black, a back five, you're sacrificing an attacking player. And that's fine if you've got the wing backs that are going to get forward. And get crosses in and, and get in the goal scoring action and you know, but we're not we're not doing that. We're not doing that at all. So what we're doing is we're we're, we're focusing too heavily on defence and not enough in attack. And like Chris said, we're inviting pressure on us all the time. Um, don't get it wrong. If we're playing away to Burnley like we did yesterday, yes, you might have to start with a back five initially. I hope you can nick a goal, you know. But as soon as you go one nil down. You're chasing the game. You don't really want to be carrying on the back five. We haven't got the players like I said. We haven't got the wing backs going to give us an attacking threat to make it make any difference or, or to try and change the game for us. So, I think at, at home, one hundred percent, Wright's got to play the back four. Doesn't matter who it's again, even if it's against Burnley at home, you play the back four. You, you, you press high on them. You gamble. If you if you let a couple of players go through, it is what it is. You hope that Bart saves it. And, and let's be honest, it's been pretty good for us. There's one v one situations. Home doesn't happen too often, but what you're doing is you're, you're, you're playing on the front foot. You're creating chances. You're getting the fans behind you, you know, because you're you're, you're 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 going for it. You know, you're creating an atmosphere. Um, but when you're looking at us playing a flat back five, and we're at home and we're we're sitting back, you know, it's just it just bores life out of you, doesn't it? You know, and last year, last season, it didn't mind too much because although no one was really a real fan of Rats football. We were picking up results, but if we're not picking up results and we're playing boring negative football, then what, what's what's the point? You know, if we don't get a win against Cardiff on Saturday, it's going to be mayhem there. I, I can see it, you know. Especially with Mon Romeo there as well, you know. Do you think it's going to turn? I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, it, I can I, see it I, turning. I, yeah. got, it's I can't, got I all the. It. It's got all the ingredients isn't it all the ingredients with romeo we've Morrison. got one of the best home forms in the country from the Listen, last i don't eight, i don't disagree about we're not talking about home you know home you know results we're talking about if we lose on saturday the whole mm. ingredients are there for it to go pop you know um i don't think it will Mickey, he, he will know about it for sure, won't he? Right, will know. The players will know we're not happy. Yeah, we're going at yeah, Neil's at a hard time. They're, they're going to be booing him. I, we start, they, I mean, they watch, they read social media. They must do. If, if I think ultimately, to take take right out of the equation just for a second, right, whether you blame him or not, to take him out for, out for a second, if the players cannot get up and perform on Saturday, I think that tells you all you need to know about the players. 100%. But why, well, why would that be, though, Chris? I mean, I, I saw Spurts yesterday, and I'm sure Omar was watching the game live. He saw it as well. 
the amount of times Burnley players were like there's three on one of our players. They're, they're chasing the they're trying to win the ball back, they're fighting for the ball, winning the ball back. And I thought, how many times am I going to see three Burnley players around one Millwall player? And they'll fight for the ball, win the ball back. Now, you've got to ask the question, why aren't our players not doing that for us? Certainly, yeah, they're, they're doing it for the, for the fans. I'm sure they would do it if they could. But for some reason, I just feel they're not playing for Rowett at the moment. He's very, very oh, quick. That's right. yeah. He was very quick to jump it last night, blaming our defenders, wasn't he? He's, he's picking out, not names, but he wasn't picking out individually. Sort of players, defenders weren't, weren't playing well, weren't, weren't defending, weren't doing this, weren't doing that. And when a manager starts pointing the finger at his own players and doesn't take the blame, players are not stupid. They hear all this stuff. They see all this stuff on social media. And I think they're just getting sick and tired of it. They're probably, they probably hate playing the system as much as we hate watching them play the system. And yeah, but, yeah. play it. My, my question is, is that why does he keep playing this system if the players can't play the system? Something must be happening in training where he believes that they can, they're all capable of playing that system. Because to me, when we go back five, we seem to have issues with the system. When we go back four and the players are a lot more relaxed doing what they need to do, they look as if they enjoy the game more. I mean, Omar, you've been to most of the away games and that is so far this season. Is do you get that do you get that? Do you get that the players look more relaxed playing a black four than they do in a back five? And do they look as if they're playing for the team? Back five is like a security thing for me. It's like you're kind of back in, you're saying to yourselves, right, we're going to be, you know, have the extra defender here to deal with their attack. Like, that's how I interpret it. And and have more control of the game as well. But we don't ever dominate possession against the better sides. So we never look after the ball as well as the other teams do either. And my bugbear has always been the same as formation. You've got three central defenders. Creswell's maybe the exception here. That takes them too long to receive the ball, then play the ball out and try and play a progressive pass. And then you're sacrificing an extra attacker or extra midfielder. You're losing that kind of option to play f- further forwards, but then you're not moving the ball quick enough from the back to front. And when I say back to front, move it quick enough, I don't mean play it long. I mean, within two seconds, the ball should be out of your feet and you should be looking for the next pass and moving the ball quicker. But you watch Cooper with the ball, bless him. Cooper's not a ball-playing defender. Cooper can't play out from the back. Like, so you're asking him to do a job at times where he's receiving the ball on the turn and he can't then make the pass quick enough. He's getting closed down. The team's moving across with the ball. Then we've not got the chance then to spread the play quicker or play through. I think we're playing this formation, trying to play like this. It doesn't work. I don't mind the five at the back, to be honest with you, at times. But ultimately, like it's, you can see our players don't suit that style, not necessarily the formation, but the style of trying to play with the three defenders, in my opinion. That, that's what I think of it when I watch it. I mean, we probably should bring Kai in because he's not said anything. And we would probably need some positivity at this point because we're all putting sour <laughs> taste in it. And Kai is the most positive person I know when it comes to Millwall. So, Kai, give me something of some positivity after like yesterday. Mate. Yeah. Well, I, I think the positivity has to be the, the, the front three yesterday. I thought they were they were impressive. Bradshaw, look, look back to his sort of um, hard-working self. Chases everything, doesn't he? Volkslama had nice couple of nice little touches. And there was, there was some moments in the game where... If the ball just, especially in the first half, actually, I can't. Remember, I think it was Vogslama who would have been in. There was almost like it was going to be a ball over the top, and then the Burnley player just managed to cut it out. And if if it doesn't, Boggy's in there. Fleming is the same. Uh, obviously, his free kick was 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 in was great, wasn't it? It was unlucky not to go in. Um, but with the five at the back, I don't think for me, I think that actually, funny enough, when we go four at the back, we actually look less likely to concede at the moment. Mm. 
if you look at how many goals we've conceded when we go into a back four, I don't think we, I can't remember a time we've, we've conceded one. But you know what, Carl? So let me interrupt you there. Just carry on, obviously, what you're saying. But I, I completely agree with you there because I think that our defenders, when we go to back four, they take ownership and they're more accountable for their defensive um, display. So I've seen yesterday when, when they opened up, suddenly Cooper raises his game, Hutch raises his game because they realise, you know what, we've got to work our socks off here. When, they, when there's three at the back, in the front of the back three, they always come in a little bit complacent and they're going to sh- they're give it someone else to blame. You know, you, you pick them up or you do that, you know? There's almost, there's almost, I think sometimes too many of them, and they, they almost get in each other's way sometimes when they're both defending. Like if they, you know, say Presswell or Hutch goes for the ball, they both go for the ball, which yeah. will leave facing behind for someone else to run into. And, and you know, what, even with the five at the back, sometimes I feel that as almost that I was, I was watching the game last night, and I said to, to one of my family members who watched it, I said, "Why does it always feel like the opposition playing with 12? Like we always feel like we're outnumbered. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't know if that if anyone anyone else feels that, but it just feels like there's always an extra person on the pitch for them. And I don't, I don't know. It's I wonder whether the answer is maybe playing that that third person in the midfield just to sort of try and I guess get that get some, get rid of the spaces. But I'd I'd love to see Gary go four three three and just mm-hmm. go you know for I'll have to love to see that four three three. Just Chris, just, I know yeah. I know you're going to run off in a minute. Do you want to answer that with the four three three and? Formation yeah. side of it. So, um, look, I, I think we should play four to back on on Saturday. Um, so I don't disagree with that. All I would say is I think the the kind of the the stat around how many goals we've conceded as a back four versus five, I don't think it's a fair comparison because ultimately we've switched to a back four when we're chasing a game, mm. and therefore teams are two new up and don't really care about necessarily scoring more goals. So, um. I think we can compare that stat if we start a game with a, a four, which I think we should do. So I think that's the first point. The second point is a back five for me only works. Ultimately, it means you've got an additional body at the back. And the way that you benefit from that, other than in theory defensively, if they all know their roles, is you are able to shift play and to shift the opposition around by moving from left to right because you've got an additional body as they're trying to uh, press you. We're not doing that effectively because our players are not comfortable with the ball at their feet. Um, even our fullbacks aren't at the moment. Plus, you add into the fact that for whatever reason, Danny Mack's off form, Scott Malone's off form. They're not able to carry the ball forward. They're not able to get forward. Um, and we've got just a, a, a distinct lack of width in the team at the moment. So, um, all good Millwall teams have had wingers. All good Millwall teams. Um, and I think we're, um, we're missing that. But do we even have a right winger anymore? Like, actually, if you, do we have one? Because we've only got Bury, to my knowledge. Is, as a, as is a this like a play, I guess. Oh, cork. I don't know. You're right. He could do a job there. But Chris, mm. I, you know, a lot of people praised him for playing five-two-three yesterday instead of doing the five-two-one-two. I think he played two wingers to back up the wing backs when we didn't have the ball. Personally, I think like yeah. I think he thought we we'll have two wide players that can trap back. We've already got five defenders there anyway, and two midfielders. Let's play two wingers so they can mm. get back and retreat. Because you see, uh, Burnley constantly exploit the flanks. Like, I, I don't know. I don't think he knows his best team either. I, I, mm. I don't know. I, I don't think he does. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think he knows. I think what he went to start the season with when he had a full fit squad, he's changing it every week, which is fine. Players are out of form, but I think he's got a kind of think right. You know, there's no international break either until a couple more weeks time, because normally there's one about now. 
he's got to change his team or stick to a team that he likes and say, this is my team for the next few weeks, I think. I think he's just got to commit to it. And I think he's you think he's a stubborn sort of player, Omar, as a manager, sorry, in the sense that he wants to play this system no matter what, he's going to make it work. But I can't help but feel he's trying to put, is it square pegs into round holes? Yeah. Uh, that's the correct saying, isn't it? Where yeah. he wants this system, he's got a vision, and, and, I, and I've heard he's done a lot of research you know, prior to even joining Millwall about how he wants to play this system. And he's so adamant that he wants to make it work. He, he's just trying his hard to sort of make these players play in a system which is not working for the players. And he won't. He just won't change it. I don't know why he won't do it, but he just won't change it. The thing is, though, because like Chris said, we've now limited to... There's only one winger at the club, right? I guess Phil Samuel could probably play out wide as well. But, you know, the, the, you can't change it now to wingers because there's not many wingers at the club, is there? It's Unless you put players out... Unless, of we, do, unless we do something, you know a miracle tomorrow and we bring in a couple of wingers, which I don't know if they're going to let there and do. I mean, you know, there's a lot of calls at the moment across social media, Twitter, etc., saying, um, you know, he's off, you know, we want rid of him and we want this, what now, which I'm not necessarily there because I think, you know, I don't know one if the club are going to, you know, get rid of him. Um, there was a rumour flying around that we were looking at Italian manager, which is bollocks. Um, but we'll come on to the question, I suppose, of who, who, if we did get rid of him to replace it a bit. But I just, I think he, he, I think he, he believes that the players are capable of doing the job he wants them to do. But they don't seem to be in that same page. They don't seem to be comfortable, whether that's playing for him or playing in that position. Um, and if I was the manager, I'd probably look at a different formation where they seem to to react when we go 2-0 down and we change to a back four and go more attacking, bring on a few more attacking options. Um, we seem to make big changes in the game. I think he needs to look at substitutions. Doing substitutions 70 minutes plus, I don't think do anyone um, any good. I think if you, you want to make a change on the game, we've got to bring him in 50, 55 minutes so at least they've got time to bed into the league or bed into the game. Very true. I mean, it's a it's a hard one. Like it's, Chris. It's, yeah, he's Chris is gone, um, but it's a hard one to. Um, I think uh, the thing is, I still come back to it. The, I don't think the defenders ultimately are good enough to ball at their feet to play three defenders, three central defenders, and then without the ball. I agree with Joe. You know, at times players are squabbling over each other or kind of too near each other on the pitch. Um, it's it's a hard one. I mean, and also, what, why are why aren't they, are they getting forward? Last season, Hudson was making runs forward. Cooper used to un, underlap, didn't he, Be around the wing back and make forward runs. And you can kind of understand why it became almost like an attacking um, formation, even though we're playing five at the back. Whereas at the start of this season, I can't see anything attacking about our style of play. Yeah, even our centre backs sit back, our, our full backs are sitting back. I'm not really going forward either. Um, it just seems really, really odd to me. And all I can think of is that the players are not either not trying for, for, for Rowett or to not happy with the system, maybe. There's something that's not quite right there at the moment. I'll tell you what, I'll be, I'll be, if Mill sets up with four against um, Cardiff at home on Saturday and go for it, and we end up losing one nil, but we, we've, we've had creating mo- loads of chances, loads of shots, whatever, and we lose one nil, I think they will get pro clapped off the, off the pitch. But if we go negative and we lose 1-0, like we did against Reading, then 
yeah, you can't blame the fans saying on him, can you? No, it's true. It is true. I think um, maybe I guess we'll go into part two, I guess, Mickey, and talk about previewing Saturday and what kind of team we want to see. Yeah, we will do. Just one thing before. If, and I know you're going to say now, just before we break for part two, if if Rowett gets fired, if Rowett leaves, who who is the manager you would want to bring in? I'll go with you first, Omar. Probably going to be I'm... Warnock. You're probably going to give a shout for Warnock again. I mean, I, I love Warnock firstly, but that's not, I would never, I would not probably have him now. Um, oh, I don't know. The thing is, it's like everyone says Sean Dyche is like the pipeline dream. And I, I agree, he's the dream, but I don't think Sean Dyche would, Sean Dyche is holding out for the Everton or Aston Villa job when Lampard or Gerald go. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, that's the level Sean Dyche is probably looking to go for. Whether he gets that job is a completely different story. I want us, I, do you know what? I, I can't tell you names, but I just want us to go for a progressive football coach, right? I want us to go for a coach that is, done something in maybe League One, League Two level, played decent football. And when I say decent football, I mean he's drilled his players. There's an identity to his team. You look at Norton Forest last year under Steve Cooper, there was a clear pattern of play, clear vision, a clear profile of players they were going after as well. With Mill and the Gary Rowett, it's very pragmatic. Try to stay in games. Try to not be beat. Try to, you know get the edging games in certain areas of the pitch instead of having a, let's give us the ball and let's try and win this game. Like, And I think, I want, I just want a coach to come through. Sutton United have got a young coach. Kai, Kai's going to tell me his name. Uh, Matt Gray. Matt Gray, right? And they've been credited for playing good football. Leighton Orient's new manager. Names escapes me. Come on, Kai. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it doesn't cover Leighton Orient. It doesn't cover the East London. So. <laughs> <clears throat> My point is there is like, a young British coach, League Two, League One, that has got a background in maybe working with youth teams or maybe, you know, Stephen Reeds. There you go. I'll say Ricky Rellins is the name. Omar. Ricky Rellins. Yeah, he's, he's he. Another one that's been around the circuit for a while as well. I, I'm not saying these are names, these are players, I, the managers I want. But that's the kind of background I want them to have, you know. And yeah, then, yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think, you know, oh, I'd, love to, I'd, love, I'd love to go for John Coleman at Ackerson Stanley, by the way. That's another one that I'd go for. Would you not, Kai? I love no, John Coleman, I've mate. Seen, I've seen Ackerton play a few times. I, I wasn't over I, I, Do you know what? I'd, that's another he's one as well. One. He's an interesting one. I mean, he's, a, but he's done so much on a shoestring budget there as well. Yeah, so, that, yeah, you know, yeah. you've got two approaches there. Yeah. You know what? Like, these are names. These are names. Uh, we're yeah, not yeah, yeah. No, club, so, there you go. Yeah. You asked me for a name. It's all Names. Who would replace Gary Rowett? Don't forget our budget. The The level of the managers we normally go after um, yep. and then the managers we get. So who would you, if Rowett was to leave, we're not calling for Rowett to leave, but if Rowett was to go or, you know, whatever happened with Rowett, what would you, what would if, you have? If, if he was, if he was to leave, I'd go with, I'd try and get Nathan Jones in from Luton. I think oh. he's, Oh no, uh, no, 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 like no, 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 no. No, no, hey, no. Hey, can I nice attractive football? No, 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 no. no. I, I, no. He, he, if he, you say Scott Parker, you're fucking getting blocked. League one, right? Is Carl Rob- League one, you've got Carl Robinson. In the championship, you've got Nathan yeah, Jones. Okay. These two think they're the beat hit Pep Guardiola. I am not having him for one second. He got no. found out so quickly at Stoke City, and there's a reason for that. You can just look at him. I, I think also it's, it's his way on the highway, which sometimes you need in a football manager, right? But they buy into this whole philosophy in a certain way with the Guardiola way of thinking. 
and being perfectionist, I don't buy into it whatsoever. Not well, for me. Well, my, sec- my second one was going to be, I think you might like this one a little bit more, was going to be Mark Robbins from Coventry. Yes, I'll get behind that one. Massively. A, I think he plays a nice, you know, nice free-flowing football. I like, I like that. Football. I'd have had Tony Mowbray before he went to Sunderland. I thought Tony Mowbray, yeah, is, yeah. He's, he's another name that's been around for a while. The thing yeah. is, like, it's you can't, being, pick, picking a football manager must be the most difficult job in the world, yeah. honestly. It must be so Joe. tough. Joe? Um, obviously, we, we all got a wish list. You know, whether, whether we can get them or not is another thing, isn't it? You know, um, Dyer should be lovely just for sentimental reasons. Obviously, the ex-Millwall player, very passionate, you know, and uh, I'm sure he'll play with, with a four at the back rather than a five. So that's one good thing. I, I, w- I would like us to look abroad, you know, look at, you know, the Portuguese league, the German league, the Dutch league. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, the, the, the team that, that are playing the Champions League, but even someone who's 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 in the, in the, in the top... You're not going to get a Champions League fucking manager, are no. we? <laughs> no, no, what I'm saying is, it doesn't have to be, that's, that's the point I'm making, you don't have to aim that high, but it's someone who's, who's challenging, someone who's, who's managing a team in, in a sort of top three, top four position that's playing good football, attacking football, and knows what he's doing, I'm sure the championship's going to be attractive. Any manager who's managing in the Portuguese league or the German league or the French league that's currently got a team, let's say, in fifth position or sixth position, why wouldn't they want to go to England and take on a team in the championship with ambitions to go into the Premier League? I mean, Lee's signed that, that, that manager's name, that Ted Lasso guy from America, what's his name? Um... March, Marchin? Uh, March? Jesse March. Jesse March. I mean, no one knew who he was, but look what he's done there. Like he's injected this sort of confidence in the team that they're playing attacking football. Okay, they're not exactly going to be winning every single game and finishing in Champions League position this season, but they they look okay. You know, they look good on the eye. They're, they're, they're picking up a odd win here and there. You know, I think we've got to do what Norwich done. You know, they they signed that 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 manager. Was it um, Dark? Daniel Fark. Daniel Fark. Oh well, you know, yeah. He was a bit of an unknown, wasn't he? I think from Germany at the time when they, when they signed him. So we need to look at abroad. Look at look at foreign players. Otherwise, I if we had to stay in England, then I I think Mark Robbins at Coventry would be would be great for us. You know, ex striker, um, loves playing attacking football. You know, good on the eye. I think it'd be it'd be great. Whether he'll leave Coventry for Millwall, that's that's another another question. I think I think we need. We've not really done it in recent history, but I think we need to look abroad. I think there's a, a whole different style of football, what they're used to. Um, and I think there's a, a different level of passion and enthusiasm and man management. I think the biggest problem we've got with, if you listen to the rumours, is that Rowett isn't the best man manager in the business. So I don't know if, Ann, if Adam Barrett is or... Um, all the other guys, I can't think the other one, Robinson, in it. Um, well, uh, Paul Robinson, Paul Robinson, or, or whether or not they're there. But I, I would, I would love to have an international manager um, to come in. Um, who would I want on an English manager? I don't know. You know, realistically, is there is there anyone which going to do anything different to where we are? I think um, Warnock would have been a good call a while back. Um, as he is he out of the game a while too long now I don't know I know he he's got a love hate relationship with us but someone like him where he stand you know he pretty much stand for what we stand for um, he could be a good call but yes people like Scott Parker and you know 
I, I wouldn't want anywhere near the club. Um, Daesh, yeah, it'd be lovely. Sentimental and all that. Can't see it happening. So, um, so yeah. I thought maybe we haven't then. He's from there was someone in there was someone in the 70s what well, maybe he was a coach I, I don't think we've ever had a foreign manager I, I, yeah I could be wrong but as far back as I can remember I don't think we've ever had we've, we've as, as foreign as we've got it's, it's gone Scotland that's about as foreign as we've got we had a few Scottish managers but, and Ireland and an Irish yeah but we haven't had anything you know it overseas Steve Lomas, huh? mm? it was Steve Lomas Scottish Oh, Steve Lomas was a cunt. Yeah, no, no, no. yeah, that's a fair point. Steve Lomas yeah. was more of an Irish. Kenny Jackett was Welsh, I suppose, wasn't he? No, yeah. Was, yeah. He, yeah. was, was John Doherty? Was, was he, was he, he um, John Doherty? Willie Donachie was Scottish. Scottish, you know. Just as we're going into part two, we're going to break and go into part two. Um, question out to the audience: then. Has Millwall ever had a non? Great Britain um, manager, manager, as in England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland. Um, have we ever had a, a foreign manager? There's one for you then, audience. Get involved in the comments. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, get involved in the comments below. Um, I know we had an Arge he was Argentinian. I can't fucking think of his name now. I've got Just go to part two. For but we're, we're, <laughs> I, I will find it in a minute, trust me. Um, right, that's it. Uh, we will be back after this advert. See you in a minute. Welcome back. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Part two. Millwall takes on Steve Morrison's Cardiff City on Saturday uh, at the Den. And the one and only Romeo is back too. Um, what's your feelings on the game coming up then on Saturday? And I will start with you, Kai. Um, yeah, there's plenty of um, ex Millwall in, in that team. Obviously, Morrison, Romeo, Ojo. Um, so you've got plenty of plenty of ex Millwall in that team. So you know they'll, they'll all be up for it. Uh, so that that so that sort of shows they'll probably come and probably work quite hard. They lost in the midweek two uh, one to to Luton. Um, Morrison, I think Morrison will know how to try and ruffle. He'll probably, he'll probably know how to ruffle uh, the Millwall players, the Millwall crowd. Um, we've just got to be the players have just got to be smart about. You know how how they set up, how they go into it, and obviously, I think we need to start really fast, uh, start fast and start strong. And if we do that, the fans will fans will get behind it because obviously 
you know, we haven't had a great run and, you know, we need to need to, you know, get give something to the fans, give give the fans something to cheer about. So yeah, I think it's gonna be a tough game, but it's definitely one that we need to win. We can win. I can't believe you've forgotten Ryan Allsop as well, ex Millwall. What are you doing? Jeez. Didn't play a game for us, but Ryan Allsop as well. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, we've only ever had British Isle um managers all the so way. You're from, wrong, then. Uh, Not an yeah, Argentinian in the seventies, no. He was a coach. He was a coach. Okay. He, was a, he was a coach, not a not a manager. Okay. We've got, yeah. Back to Saturday, shall we? Yeah. But, no. yeah right. Let it go. <laughs> go on, Joe. Um, I, 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 yeah, Morrison's going to set up. I think fairly attacking. I mean, he played with a four-three-three formation against Luton, didn't he? And to be fair, um, they played really, really well. Saw some of the highlights of that game. They had probably more chances, more possession. Um, Marlon Romeo played right back. He was getting forwards quite, quite a bit. Um, and I think Luton were quite lucky, really, to win that that one two one because um, a reflection. I think um, Cardiff should, should should have beat them. Um, there's an extra impetus involved now on Saturday because obviously Morris wants to get one over his old club. Marlon Romeo would definitely want to get one over us as well. Um, they're playing with a little bit more confidence than us at the moment. Playing a bit more attacking football. And um, if we're not careful, we could come out, you know, come come out and, and, and end up losing this game uh, at home, which would be pretty embarrassing. Um, Ojo obviously is playing for them as well, and he seems to be doing quite quite well. Um, yeah, I mean, it all depends on what formation Rowett picks. I know it sounds ridiculous, keep repeating myself what I'm saying here, but we've got to go for it. We've got to be on the front foot, put it on them, and don't let them. You know, dictate the, the, the pace of us. Omar, well, I agree with both the boys there. To be honest, and I think I'll just I'll go ahead and tell you what my ideal team would be. I think we'll probably give that as well. But you know, I think firstly Morrison will try and rattle the fans. We'll, we'll I think mm. we'll rattle it. We'll rattle him too, though. You know, that's always been the story of Morrison. He rattles us, but we rattle him just as much. So it'll be interesting to see if that does get to that kind of occasion. How that will be. I look forward to seeing that play out. Um, I think I want us to go. I want us to go f- for. I want us to go. F- I want us to go forward at the back. The thing is, it's like you don't have many wide players available because we've lost a lot of players. But all right, I'm gonna say it now. I go. F- I'd probably go four two three one. Right. I'd have mm. Barton goal, Danny Mack, Creswell Hutchinson, and Murray Wallace left back. I'd have midfield two of Shackleton and maybe Mitchell. Busy midfields. Savile misses out. He's not done much wrong, but I think the change is probably a bit to be expected on Saturday. Fleming in the 10. Burial on the left. Vogelsummer on the right. And Tom Bradshaw up front. 4 2 3 1. That'll be the team I'll go for on Saturday. I think Phoebe doesn't deserve to go back in just yet. We didn't talk about him getting dropped on Tuesday. Um, good call by the manager. He's been out of sorts. Not really done much. Not had much service either. So it's like. We can have Haaland up front. I don't think he'd score nine in five like he has for City. I don't think personally. Hmm. You know, it's it, he probably score a couple more than Afobi has because he's a better player than him. But Afobi's not had many chances. But at the same time, he's not really looked interested. So there you go. That's, that'd be my team. I, I agree with that 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 formation, and I agree with most of the players you picked there. The only slight difference I'll have is Bradshaw for all his running, for all his his effort, his work rate. He can't chuck a bag of cement. Like you see that when the ball comes up to him, how many times does the ball come up to him and he loses it? 
Now, I get it. He's under pressure. He's got a defender up his arse, whatever. But he doesn't seem to hold balls up. He can't really do it that that well. Um, unless he's in the six-yard box and there's a chance falls to him, the edge of a cross coming, he, he, he could be very effective for us. But I can't see him doing the busy stuff that we need to do outside a six-yard box. So I would go with that team, Omar. The only mm. difference is I'll put Volstammer as a centre-forward in that one on his own. I think he's busy enough. He's got the ability, he's got technical ability as well to play that that role as a lone striker. And then I'll put Honeyman on that right side of that attacking three. So okay. what you see there with Fleming and Bury, I'll agree with you, but Honeyman will, be, will go on the right and Volsammer up front. I think a phobia needs to be, to be dropped. He needs, he needs a bit of a rest. Mm-hmm. Whether that is a rest or kick up the arse for him to sort of, to sort of you know, liven up, I don't know. Malone needs to be uh, rested. Um, yeah, you know, and that's pretty much I'll go for. I'm going to go for um, the thing is it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because on if you know we still got 24 hours left to the transfer window, so it could be a totally different ball game if we you know bring in one. Um, but as of the team for now, if it stays like that for Saturday, I'm going to go for Barton goal. Um, Danny Mack, Hutch, Cooper, Murray Wallace. Um, I'll go Savile and Billy in the middle. Don't think Shackleton's done that much wrong, but I think uh, Savile and Billy last year, I thought the back end of last year, were really good together. Mm. Then I'd go. Um, Fleming, um, Fle- uh, yeah, Fleming on the right, uh, Bury on the le- uh, Bury sort of left of the front three, Bradshaw down the middle, and Voggy on the right. So four three three, but with Fleming just ahead of the, the two, so almost like four two one three almost. But yeah, Fleming dropping back to to help with the with the midfield as well. Mickey Simpson, you're on mute, mate. I mean, <laughs> it wouldn't be a pod episode about that being a thing. So. <laughs> On, mate. Welcome to that little podcast if you're new around here. This is normally what happens. Mickey, the guy next to me, always has himself on mute. His phone vibrates for half the show too. So if you're wondering what that vibration is, it's also him. So there you go. <laughs> go on, Mickey. Right then, gents. What's your we team? Have, we what's, your have, team? What's, uh? what's your team? <laughs> I'll go, go Barton Goal. And I would go Danny, Hutch, Cooper, um, Wallace, Back four, I would do. Um, I'll probably do Mitchell and Savile, same as what Joe, but they um, same as um, what oh, you call it. But I would, I would probably, I would probably do pretty much similar on the attack to what you and Joe said. I'd have Fleming sitting behind just you know in the number 10 and then just I wouldn't have Bradshaw because I just don't think I mean he's capable but I just don't know I'd rather have him on as an impact player later on in the game so he's not a player that you want who's chasing the game is he Mickey like if you're if you're one up two up and you're you're in control then Bradshaw will be a great player to have if you're you're creating chances you're right not if you're chasing because he just hasn't got that 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 spurge I'd definitely have Honeymoon, so I'd have mm. Honeymoon on and um, I would Yuri? put... Yeah, he, he, I would put him as a solo front. Who would you have, there's something about him. Who would you have as a striker, though? Would you would you play a phobie? If you've got a choice of phobie, Volslammer no, and Bradshaw, you've got to pick I'd one Same here. Volslammer is a striker um, mm. and go. But anyway, gents, before we go to your predictions and get to the final bit... Um, Pitch Footy has basically asked us to pick our team of the week, who we think is going to be taking on the Cardiff game. So, 
I'm going to put it to you boys now that we need to come up with a team we all agree on what we put forward to pitch and obviously so we can see who agrees with us and who doesn't. So are we go. What's the definitely... incentive? What's the incentive? Huh? What, do we get, what do we get return if we get the team right? What's the incentive here? <laughs> well, what do you what want? Are given, what are they giving us? What are they giving oh, us? I'll barter, I'll barter for us. Three, so yeah, if we get shirt. it nailed on, I'll make sure we get something. Baseball cap. So yeah, yeah. Or something so, for the listeners to, we'll do something for a prize for the listeners. But mm. we're obviously going with Barton goal, Yes. So we've got to predict what Brat's going to play. So we'll have nine defenders yeah. and one up front. Yeah, that'll be our team. Who will be a false nine, Omar? Yeah, and that will be probably George. That'll probably be George Hardiman just running around or something up front yeah. on his own. But what is our what is our team for Saturday? I think he Are changes we... it. I think he changes yeah. it Saturday. I do think he actually changes it Saturday. Yeah, so he'll, you reckon he'll, we're going to go five at the back? He'll go five four at the back. At the back. He'll go five at the back. I, I, think, I, think, I think Saturday changes it, Joe. I do. Well, I think unless he, it's I think... on social media. Um, you know... seemed to listen to us the other day, didn't he? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> he's very <laughs> self-aware. He's very self-aware. And very. Co- co- I think he's very conscious of his image. And I don't think he wants this to go wrong at Millwall. Mm, whether no. that be because he's got bigger aspirations or whether that be because he wants to succeed and see the job through here at Millwall to you know, five years down the line. I, I don't know. But I think he'll not. I think he's not. He's not stupid. That he he will know that three defeats in a row. He'll know what the fans are thinking. He'll be advised by what the fans are thinking. Not necessarily on the football side because it's his job to choose the football side. But I mm. think he'll not. He'll be aware of what's happening at the club and what the fans think. If he, he doesn't, to... he's very naive. But I, I think mean, he's that kind of guy that's very aware. Omar, a poll went a poll went out yesterday. Mill um, poll, very simple one. Would you play the back four or, or a back five? Next game, and ninety-two percent said back four, only eight percent said back five. Now, if he goes against, you know, on average, ninety odd percent of the Mill fan base, you know, surely, you know, he's got a list. Really, ninety percent of the Millwall fan base is not on Twitter. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm just saying as an average. Yeah, yeah that's, that's 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 a cluster of fans that are voting there. Yeah, you know, if you look at that as an average, that's a high percentage, ninety-two percent. So what I'm saying is, if he starts with a back five against Cardiff straight away, the fans are going to think, "Oh, for fuck's sake, here we go again." Negative. The players will be negative, you know. And I can see if he starts with a back five, I can see us losing one 0 like we did against Reading. I can see it happening all over again. I think we go one 0 down early doors if we play back five, and then that's yeah. when the den turns, and then maybe we get a result. Okay, oh. fine. I'll, I'll, I'm with Joe. No, 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 no fucking about. Just give the prediction. <laughs> Straight off the top of your head. Off you go. Millwall nil, Cardiff nil. Joe. Millwall nil, Cardiff one. Kai. If, if he plays a back five. If he plays a back four. No, 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 Oh, yeah. We're back. We're back. I'm telling you, we're going to be back. Uh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>
<laughs> you can all laugh. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone need any drugs before the Saturday's <laughs> game? Just go and find Kai. Because whatever Jesus he's putting Christ. on his cornflakes lasts a long time. He's had a bowl, he's had a bowl of Pluto Pops or something, has he? Um, <laughs> are you sure that was sugar on your shreddies this morning, mate? Oh, Jesus mate. Christ. <laughs> I, I, am, I was going to go a bit... Realist, you know, a bit... We said, have, a, have a little bit of a pop out there and go, I'm going to go 2-0. We said Millwall um, and Man City. But... 4 0. Okay, we'll do the show, we'll do the show next week, mate. And we'll if, if he does, oh, if he does, right? Next week, I mean? we'll be oh, naked. We'll be on naked on the show. Kai can wear his clothes. Uh, and we'll be naked. You ain't gonna see us from the waist up. No, no, what we're gonna do is, Joe, you can be fucking naked. Yeah, that'd do. If you're the one calling, I'll see this. Well, I'll have a big leaf covering If we win 4 0, Joe, I'll be naked on the show next week. Really? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I'm not, I'm not, I won't be on that show next week, lads. Ladies, make sure you tune in next week. That's it. Right. Um, that's it. Um, so for, so, um, 12 is all done and dusted. Um, if you like what we do, then please, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us, um, add to the comments, get involved, create a debate, whichever way you want to do it. We are, across social media if you don't know where we are now um then you've probably been living in a cave um join us again next week um for more of the same i've been mickey simpson thank you for listening the fella to the left of me is omar good mickey the fella down the bottom who's going to be naked next show is joe thank you much guys and the football guru kai that's it from us for another week we will see you again soon Remember that Millwall podcast. We are a Millwall podcast unlike any other. Laters. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.